All right, welcome to Now This Is Podcasting. I'm Connor. I'm here as always with Calvin. Hello. And Katya's with us. Hello. And we are talking about Goodnight Mommy. This is the 2014 Austrian version. We found out when we decided we were going to review this that a American version had literally just come out like the weeks before we decided we were going to do this. So when we were trying to like look up articles and information on it, it kept popping up this 2022 version that none of us knew existed. <laughs> and has been widely panned. <laughs> I, I what I found on that is it is not a it is garbage. Yeah. Um, so I'm glad that we chose this version because I loved it. I thought it was really good. Um, so Calvin, what's your kind of like snappy synopsis of Goodnight Mommy? So uh, Goodnight Mommy is it's really it's a long-winded sales pitch for the many unorthodox uses of superglue. <laughs> <laughs> That's so good. Superglue subscriptions coming soon. <laughs> Follow this affiliated link. Oh, that's great. <laughs> Calvin's sticky stuff. <laughs> oh boy! <laughs> Sorry, this was a scary movie, guys. It was, it was great. It's also Terrifying. incredibly intelligent, unlike us. <laughs> so this was directed by Severin Fiala and Veronica Franz. Uh, I couldn't find a budget for this, and uh, unsurprisingly, like most non-English speaking movies, it didn't do great in the box office. It was two point two million is what it made, but I thought it was great. It's this really well done thriller like psychological elements to it but then there's obviously like real parts that make the movie really scary and frightening to go through uh it basically follows the story of these two boys who um have their mother come back uh home after she's had some kind of cosmetic surgery done and she's got her face in a wrap and she's acting differently and so they suspect that this is maybe some kind of like doppelganger it's not their real mom who's come back and then through more twists and turns throughout the story kind of the the tension shifts from the mom being in a, like the, I guess like the monster or the creature in the movie to like the boys becoming kind of the horror element in the movie. And I love how it switches back and forth. It's really clever in how it's done. I don't think it's like, it's not heavy on exposition. I actually love, there's so much said about the movie just in how these characters interact mm -hmm. with each other. And you find out a lot about their relationships just through quick scenes of them interacting. Mm -hmm. So I thought this was fantastic. Uh, so we're going to kind of go over this movie by discussing some articles we found, some uh, some different takes that people have, like what do we think of them, like what's our take on the film. So Calvin, what's the first uh, what's the first article you found on this? So one I found was just some guy's blog, but he says, I did find the story frustrating at times, and it really took its time to become a horror movie, so I hesitate to rank it as one of the all-time greats. And I think that's so interesting because I think... I would love to know this person's opinion of Hereditary, which I do think is one of the all-time greats in the horror movies. That's really not a scary movie for a long time. Sure. But it, the way that it crescendos, like I use that word all the time when I talk about the climax of that movie because it, it really is a crescendo. You're building, building, building to an incredibly uh, turning point in the movie. Um, so how this is doing very similar things, uh, it's it's weird then that he doesn't really think of it as a very good horror movie because that's what makes it so terrifying is it feels commonplace to begin with. Sure. And that makes me think that he thinks The Descent is one of the top horror movies <laughs> of the 21st century, <laughs> which we didn't have a glowing review of that film. And that had, it did have way better character development because they explained everything that was developing and happening. Yeah. This, one, this one says nothing. Yeah. yeah. Well, and that's why I think this is, um, this is someone that doesn't necessarily know all of the things that they're looking for within a movie. Like they understand movies, they understand narrative structure. They don't understand what 
all of the things within a, a frame are trying to tell them, all of the mise on said. There are so many things said that are just visual. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, like why there there are little clues everywhere that tell you that um, uh, the boys there were two boys um, and there are not two boys anymore. Um, so we'll get more into into how it's doing that. But I think that's like if it's taking too long, it's because you're looking for the wrong things. What, yeah. The what, the horror that comes out of this movie is all of the twisty things that look normal when you're first looking at the house, but when you start to regard them with closer analysis, you're like, oh, that's that's really weird. Why is it like that? Certainly, yeah. No, I, I I liked a lot of the look of this, and I think we can get into it more later, but I love the photographs on the wall of like the mm-hmm. woman that's uh, you know obscured or, or out of focus. Yeah. I think that says a lot about the, the mother's character as you find out more and more about her throughout the film. Yeah, the, the look of the movie is great. I, I, I think you can capture a lot about what's going on with each character through that. Oh, yeah, for sure. The look of the movie and just with that review, like, yeah, the idea that it is just kind of like, this might just be like a super moving movie about the communication between this family. But then it's actually really scary <laughs> like the whole time. Yeah. It's super scary. So I think sometimes, yeah, if if you're looking for something that jumps out at you a little more, that's not it's not gonna do that. It just more and more unsettling as things go and like flips you around a lot. Yeah. And the flipping thing is really interesting. Like whose perspective is this movie really from? Sure. Mm-hmm. That's one of my favorite things about it is it it feels like it's two different movies. At one point, it's a horror movie where the boys are, like I said, it's like their mother that's this creature out to yeah. get them. And then the movie flips where now the mother's trapped and it's the boys that are tormenting her. And so I love that change in the movie. It was I wasn't expecting it. I kind of thought the whole movie was just going to be this slow process of them either finding out that she was their real mother or wasn't. And then it's like a comes to a final confrontation at the end. I didn't expect the kind of, like you said, the perspective the to shift at all. And I was like, oh, okay, I'm fascinated that by this so now. That was so cool. And then all the things that were happening before seem to be happening for a different reason then. And you're yeah. just like, oh, who was who in control of the situation the whole time? I liked, right. I liked looking at this movie with the perspective of, uh, like, I guess two perspectives where the mother was definitely like a doppelganger or like an alien or some creature that's come in and she's absolutely not real and that the boys are right. And they're discovering this. And then I like the other perspective where she is 100% their mother. And it's just this uh, breakdown that the boys are going through where they just can't believe it. And so I kept looking at it through uh, like the lens of the mom was real. And finding out all the reasons that the kids are coming up with explanations on how she's fake. And they're totally reasonable explanations on why all these different things she's doing or different appearance she has are totally explained. And it's just the boys kind of creating this narrative this this story to push the idea that she's fake and i yeah. love that idea about this movie yeah which let's talk about that more about the doppelganger or like the doppelganger stuff or about how freaked out they are because didn't isn't that part of the whole inspiration for this? no or that wasn't because i thought that was like how no. freaked out kids are when their parents get constructive surgery yeah so that is yeah that's the case it's like yeah that, that, that it's, part it's like uh ultimate or you know ultimate reality makeover shows and like she uh that um uh, Franz, uh, I, I can't remember her name. The Veronica Franz. Veronica Franz. She was talking about how one of the most terrifying things. Like it's, it's like she she sees those final reveals of these women that have been gone away from their families for like two months, 
you know, by themselves. And the woman that comes out, she's objectively beautiful. But you see these chi- these children uh, cowering in fear behind their father because of, sure. that's not my mom. I don't know who that woman is. Mm-hmm. That's fascinating. Yeah. yeah. And how fucked up to just not tell your kids that, that you're going to do that. Yeah. Like, yeah. she didn't tell, she didn't explain it to her kids. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Like, it, like, maybe, like, there's a lot of things that were unsaid that were said earlier in their relationship about, like, oh, I'm going to go away and get cosmetic surgery. But, I mean, I, even if that is said, like, the reason for it, I don't think was ever explained. And I think that's implied heavily that they don't understand, like, the motivation for any of her actions anymore. I do, because, mm-hmm. I mean, I, I they're certainly aware, the kids in the movie are aware that she was going to have it, because they're like, well how would you know how would you feel going through an operation like that like they acknowledge that it happened i do love that the motivation for it is like kids being terrified of their mothers after surgery yeah. i've seen a couple videos of uh of dads shaving their beards <laughs> and then like turning around and showing their their infants or like you know toddlers yeah. and the kids freaking out because they're like yeah it's the same reaction like that's not my dad because they got so used to seeing the beard I so i love that inspiration for it yeah i thought that all the time our dad would shave his beard like every once in a while and we're always just like <laughs> i don't know uncanny valley stuff you're like you're not quite right yeah, yeah i don't know those looks a lot bigger now <laughs> yeah i don't know what's going on here yeah that's so that's so, and and how as a kid would you understand that like i need to go become a new person now sure like which is exactly probably what she's doing and the little boy's just like why would you why would you change why would you be a new person you just need to like acknowledge that we're both still alive in here and mm-hmm. and do stuff for us so he's very much like i'm holding on to stuff and she's like yeah i'm just gonna change everything sure and not talk to my son at all yeah and i i found it interesting i, I miss mu- just not have been um in a super attentive mind state because the, for whatever reason this movie felt very strongly um from her perspective the whole time there were just so many shots of her like Mm. re-wrapping herself and like in the bed by herself like clearly like i know that i'm real here's me being real like i'm just doing weird things that look weird um but the boys don't actually see them um so i I see there's there are plenty of shots obviously with the boys just doing their own thing like um running around in the hail um playing on the trampoline setting things on fire <laughs> yeah you know boy stuff casually right. boy stuff yeah. um but there's all there are so many things of like the the mother like um you know undressing and staring at herself in front of a mirror mm-hmm. um that I felt that this movie was very heavily towards her perspective in the first place I think so, sort of, but also sometimes it felt like some of those scenes, we saw a lot of their imagined imaginations, like with her running into the woods and stuff. I think a lot of that mm-hmm. felt like that. And I didn't, yeah, I didn't really, I didn't, I noticed it at the as the mom's perspective for the first half. And then I very, you know, like when it flipped, I was very much like, now it's the boys. So I don't think I saw that the whole time. And there was also that whole idea of like, they're listening to her and watching her like all the time. Mm-hmm. So... I don't know. I didn't feel like it was only her perspective. Yeah, going back and I rewatched a few things. I think one scene that's really, really interesting is not only the subject matter, but also how they've framed uh, these dolls behind her head. But when they're playing the the game of Who Am I with yeah, the sticky yeah. notes, she has these Barbie dolls sitting on a ledge behind her head, and her head is framed by both of those. Mm. It feels very much like I like insinuating that she's a plastic doll that's like i need to change this outward 
per, uh, appearance of myself. And I don't remember what the inside of me is now because she doesn't get the questions. She doesn't yeah. seem to like understand what the answers are. Like, mm. oh, who do I it's know you. that has two boys? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Sorry. Because one's dead. She only has one. Yeah. <laughs> so it's like either her like, yeah, being like, I'm creating everything from scratch slash I'm not playing your game anymore and mm -hmm. I will refuse to say it's me because I do not have two children. Mm -hmm. I also thought too, the one of the hints that he seems to linger on, he's like, this person loves animals. And I think later on when mm -hmm. they, what is his name? Uh, Elias is blaming, he, he's essentially saying that his mom kills this cat that shows up later yeah. in this movie. Mm -hmm. And that's just another way for it to play into the fact that it's not his real mom mm -hmm. because we learn earlier in the movie in a, a scene that I thought was really clever because it's it is essentially exposition, but mm -hmm. it's done in a really really neat way where you learn a lot about the character that the mom is and how the boys are perceiving her, and mm -hmm. so the fact that she's being described as loving animals and then later on in the movie she's being like kind of blamed or pegged for killing this cat, like, and it's like another way for them to for Elias to rationalize in his head that this isn't his real mom. Can't be you. Yeah, yeah. I, I do love that exactly what you're saying. Like that, that entire scene was exposition, but it's done in the the what we were talking about in the descent there is a way of showing banality and yeah. having it be multiple things it's expositions it's character uh development and it's also enhancing your main premise it's a little bit stilted in how it's cut together and like the one is just like i think he's messing with the blinds no that was afterwards it was after that scene he was messing with the blinds yeah but it's just like well let's play a game because we've been away for a while and so it feels kind of unnatural in how of it how it flew uh, how everything flowed together but at the same time it wasn't so out of place that you're like i can't even suspend my disbelief for why they're playing a game and why they're playing this game yeah mm -hmm. just a german thing <laughs> german games you know the heads up or whatever because i yeah i think it's totally understandable to be like okay like it's like her little effort like i'm not being around i'm ignoring you guys all right let's do a game mm -hmm. let's do a game that'll make up for me like getting mad at you and hitting you and not being myself yeah which, if they like just said that like well let's play a game let's let's ignore the problem and let's play a game. yeah i think that's more of what i i, I felt it like yeah because she really just didn't seem like herself it really set you up to think like can't be their mom. Like, how, yeah. how could it be their mom? She doesn't seem nice. So I guess I kind of want to get into the the circumstances surrounding the mother and the and Elias and Lucas. And I like that. Well, yeah. I, I want to get into I guess the twist. And mm -hmm. I I must have been I was slow on this one. I feel like I'm usually pretty good at finding the twist, but it turns out that Lucas has been dead. There was some accident that happened prior. And that's why Lucas is always whispering to Elias to like talk to his mom and he's never doing anything himself. And apparently there's like really few interactions of him physically interacting with anything except Elias. Uh, so I, I was just slow catching that. I thought it was more of like a psychological thing where it was maybe it was one boy and these are like the personification of like parts of his personality. Mm -hmm. But it turns out there was just a literally twins. So I really liked the after the reveal, you get a better idea of why is the mom acting this way? Because I don't think her or Elias are actually like really doing anything especially strange. Mm -mm. They're both coping with this depression in a, in a, in a different way, mm -hmm. where the only way he can rationalize it is by this isn't his real mom. And the reason his mom isn't acting the way that she's been before is because she's dealing with a, a separation or divorce from her husband. She's lost her, her child. And so her being kind of shut out and locking herself away in her room isn't really that odd to me. But when you when you don't have that context, of course, it seems like, oh, you know, 
doppelganger in the house. Yeah. Which is really intense. And, and so I like the reveal. It made it rationalized both of the characters like really well for me. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I did find that the twist that Lucas was dead was a little anticlimactic because I felt like it was so obvious. So it's, <laughs> that's what that's what I was nervous. About. I was like, when the reveal happened, I was like, oh, I bet Calvin and Cotton <laughs> right away. There's, we there. noticed it early on, but it's still it still did make everything interesting. Yeah. Yeah. It still makes everything. It's I it's two things. It's like. Obviously, if you really made like the all of your horror hinge on this twist, then it wasn't going to be a very good movie. Um, I don't really know if it's necessary the way they keep spelling it out. Um, <laughs> you make me feel really dumb. Man. Yeah, I don't think it was like spelt out necessarily in that many spaces, except I guess you saw lots of clues. There are. But... Yeah, there's just the way they're interacting with everything. Like she's only talking to him. She's only responding to him. So even if the other one is saying something like um, she doesn't actually she doesn't actually respond. Mm-hmm. Like he's not physically interacting with anything. But it's also the fact that they're like he wasn't he wasn't a per, uh, projection either because there are those two hanging chairs they're there are bunk beds. Yeah. There are a lot of uh, physical indications that there are at least were two boys at one point. So why she's not talking to one at all, I think is incredibly, incredibly strange, but it, t- it tilts on the idea of it um, uh, towards the edge of not, of not being able to suspend your disbelief. It's like, well, you can't like literally not feed your child. Right. Yeah. yeah. So that's why I felt like there was like, it's much easier to say like, okay, well, there's something probably wrong with Elias then and not the fact with the mother. And yeah. that's again, why I feel like it skews so heavily towards the mother's perspective is because all of the things that are happening can really only be uh, perceived wholly by her. Yeah. Although like there was a minute at the beginning where I wasn't sure what was happening. And I think they set it up to make you think like maybe they were all in a bad car crash or something. And she's blaming Elias for some reason about the car crash like maybe she got in a crash that's why she got surgery and he was the one maybe that caused it and that's Mm -hmm. why their dad's not there because he died Mm -hmm. so like for a minute there i was like she's just she just hates this kid now because he killed the dad for some reason like so there was a minute where i was like "Mm, maybe that's what's going on but then it wasn't (laughs) so i just feel like having it spelled like having multiple like maybe reiterations of yeah this this is a was a boy that's living in this other twin's life. Like, I think it was kind of nice to have it because I feel like there was some ambiguity if you weren't catching everything. I should have really noticed when the one guy's delivering all the frozen food and he yeah. keeps looking at Elias. He's like, you must love pepperoni, pepperoni here, pepperoni pizza. Yeah. Pepperoni. He just mm. keeps going on about it. I think like, that's the how point. it's a yeah. lot of food yeah. for like one person. Yeah. I should have caught that. I'm that's the part where I really was like, oh yeah, the other kid's definitely dead. Yeah. Cause he didn't say anything to the other twin. Yeah. yeah. I think I don't like, I think that the, the twins kind of distract, um, from the main premise, from all of the, the, the commentary of, of why people want to change their uh, appearances and um, why these people are going through different coping mechanisms. But at the same, like, like you could have just given Elias a different coping mechanism or maybe he just like thinks that his mother or like, it's just his reaction to his mother's coping mechanism that he's like, I reject all of this. Sure. I think that that's not possible if they're, if they're twins because like, so if, if, if his twin actually did die, Right. Mm -hmm. And he's actually going through this. I don't think there's it's possible for him to have another coping mechanism mechanism because like 
he's literally been with this twin forever. Like I was reading a lot about twins and like what happens if one dies. And like Hmm. they were saying, especially for, you know, identical twins who are literally of the same, right. They're like of the same basic thing. Zygote. Yeah. They're monozygotic, zygotic. Um, They've known about each other since 16 weeks, like from conception. So they've known about each other since month three in the womb. They've been aware of each other. They've done everything together. They are the twins. It's like, I even think about my sisters who are twins. It's like, oh, when are the twins coming? What are the twins doing? Oh, look at the twins. Oh, the twins are here. Like they are one identity, both to everyone in the world, but also like to each other. They're just like so in sync. They've always been there together. So this would be him all of a sudden being on his own, which is not something he understands at all. And I was looking at like also a lot of uh, like late research on what happens if like a twin dies. And they were saying for like kids under 25 or people under 25, if their twin dies, um, if they're identical, there's like a 50 to 60 percent increased chance of them forming a psychiatric disorder oh, wow. like from the normal person. Hmm. And then if it's a if, it, if they're like not identical, it's like a 30 percent chance of increased Okay. psychiatric disorder so it would make like thinking about that like research and the, all this research too like I, at least the main thing that I found like the main study is Swedish so at least maybe close by <laughs> close by maybe these people knew about it <laughs> like it just seems very much like that's the that's the option like he's probably developing like this you know some kind schizophrenia. of schizophrenia yeah yeah, and he's seeing as he's actually still seeing his twin, and it, or it's his evil, it's his evil p- half of his personality now. Sure. No, I yeah. like that you brought that up—the idea of like identity, because that's a note I made. Is because I love scenes like when they're just sitting in the chair, like burping, and it <laughs> yeah. just it just shows. And that's one of the scenes where it's just it's there's no dialogue or anything, and it's not like straight up exposition, but it does a really good job of showing you like how involved these two are with each other, how important they are to each other. They just enjoy being around each other, and so when one of them is gone. It, it's a real loss of identity for Elias. And I actually think that leads into um, kind of my theory on the images of the, the woman on the wall, and it's blurred because you find out later that maybe the mother had a twin because there's a picture of her with a, mm. someone who looks just like her. And so my thought is that uh, the mother had either a falling out with her twin or she died, and that's what the blurry images mean. It's like she's lost the sense of identity she had because she was a twin, and that person's no longer in her life anymore. And so she's she's a blurred version of herself now. And that's what these images represent. And maybe the cosmetic surgery was a way for her to like gain identity back. And like yeah. she's going to be her own person now. Oh, that, that, is that would make a lot more sense if, yeah, if she was a, why you would get a new face. Yeah, yeah that yeah. makes a lot of sense for me. Um, the, the paintings and everything, to me, that was one of the few things that I felt from the beginning were the, the children's perspective. Because they're like, I don't remember what she looks like. Like clearly that those are, they're meant to, I think, to represent their mother. But like she's been gone for so long I and this person I don't really recognize. But mm-hmm. I guess I don't remember what she looks like either. And there are just some repeated, um, uh, like in one point where he's holding the match is with his outstretched arm there's one of the paintings directly behind him also with an Mm -hmm. outstretched arm which i thought was really cool so it's a little bit of foreshadowing as well but i think it's just the the perspective of like as a child i don't understand how why anybody is doing any of the things that they're doing and everything seems so foreign when it's not the same as it was before that there must be something wrong. Something must be insidious about all of the motivations for their for her actions. 
Which is why, when I mentioned earlier, I love looking at it, the perspective that the, she is their real mother. Mm-hmm. And everything that is odd is like has an easy explanation, like the mole. Mm-hmm. Uh, they're like, the doctor says it's, it, it could have, I'm assuming the assumption is like, it could be cancerous. She says it's dangerous. So it's removed. Mm-hmm. And then the, her eyes being a different color. She's like, well, I got different contact lenses and it just, it's just super normal. Yeah. yeah. It, and again, that to me, it's kind of, it's a way of her getting her own identity. Uh, and so she's made these changes, but to a kid who doesn't understand the context of any of this, like you said, it must be insidious, mm-hmm. but I love that it's all this stuff is like really explained, but in to the mind of a child, it's like, no, that can't be, she must, she must be you know, some, some entity who's entered my house. Yeah. I love that. And I love that they put their little radio underneath and which like that part's kind of like creepy, but it's also so cute. It's like, it's like they want to know, or maybe they're just looking out for her. Oh, I but thought they're it was not. definitely they're, the, like, they want to like chanting her. some evil yeah. demonic thing. <laughs> yeah. And I think she's just having an orgasm in one scene. Like that's what it sounded like. It's just like her moaning. <laughs> oh really? Oh yeah. I, oh she was she snoring. Was just, yeah, I thought she was just like because she, she might be because she can't breathe oh no i think i did think she was masturbating as well yeah and so to them it might well, be you, like yeah because well, you were making all these sexual jokes and during the descent <laughs> we had no idea because like, that's like that's where your mind goes but well, the reason yeah. about that was because a kid doesn't understand that yeah uh, they wouldn't know why she's moaning it must be something bad and it's just yeah. her masturbating that's what i thought it was is that like so for them the context is all wrong they don't understand it she's mm-hmm. doing something totally innocuous but to them, it must be bad. And it just mm-hmm. builds on this sort of mythology they're building in their own minds. Or I guess Elias is building in his own mind about his mother. Mm-hmm. I think I will rewatch this movie then with the express intent of looking for the fact that these are these are two people that were both twins. And they're struggling with yeah. identity now. Because I think that's... I was I latched on more to the social commentary of like, why are you... You know why are you doing cosmetic surgery at all sure um mm-hmm. and i think it's like almost i think almost the way she what she's trying to do is provide an example for uh Elias. like uh you know you need to become your own person now that you've lost lucas like you, this is a physic you can physically change your your appearance to be your own person and you can be what you need to be a separate from someone else and that's so much about like wh- what goes back to that guess who game at the beginning like we're reflections of what other people think of us and not necessarily who we are ourselves and when you lose something like like a twin then it becomes more about like i need to like i was always just a twin that's how everyone always saw me how can i be elias now right yeah which could have been such a you know heartwarming conversation like they could have connected mm-hmm. if she would have just talked to them about yeah her own experiences and what was happening and acknowledge that it was okay not just getting mad at him and and shutting him out all the time and like recording him like wow oh like, she recorded him yeah on, like, on her on her uh on her phone i don't remember that part or no it was with his phone i think like she took it away from him and he was like crying um yeah cause she was like you won't listen to your brother anymore you won't listen to him say it 10 times yeah oh oh yeah that was weird mm-hmm. that yeah because he was weird. like my mom wouldn't do this Mm-hmm. And I think too, like, thought, like, yeah, we're not even like, not even like, yeah, my mom wouldn't do this. And yeah. like, it all makes so much more sense of like why she's acting like so angry towards him. Yeah. Because she knows exactly what uh, he's going through, but she has, she has no, she, like she has uh, no way of like, she didn't cope with it very herself. well herself. Yeah. And she doesn't want to see him go through all of the same problems that she went through. And she's just like scared and upset. Um, of like how to actually like communicate any of those things. Right. Yeah. 
and only only eating in secret. <laughs> I love that scene. That's one of my favorites. She starts yeah. chewing after they've left the room. <laughs> yeah. So funny. Like, yeah, which in the moment you're like, freaky yeah. lady. But then you think about it and you're like, she just needs a minute to yeah, herself. She's like, get out of here, child. <laughs> I do yeah. that sometimes in the morning. My dogs will be like kind of <laughs> kind of yipping to get out the door. And I'm just like, I just need like five more minutes. So if Hannah and I just lay really still in bed, even after the alarms have gone off, they'll settle down. Yeah. And then leave us alone. But if we like roll around and get up, then they'll start to go wild. And so that's what I was just thinking in my head. It's like, she's, if she just stays very still, <laughs> the kids will leave her alone for a little bit longer. <laughs> yeah. Ah, uh, yeah. So weird. Yeah. If she was a twin, I think that would... That would just make everything even more interesting. Yeah, I think that it, it adds. I I sit here and I say like I think it's too obvious that Lucas is dead, and then like I'm the one just not looking close enough at uh, who else might have been a twin. I thought it was just an explanation, like another explanation of like no, we just dress like each other for something, and it's just another weird thing about the yeah. mother. Yeah. But That's, it makes so much more sense to to the theme. Yeah, I almost glazed over that part. Yeah, like, I, I like, kind of like oh that was. Who that just dresses as their best yeah. friend? Yeah. yeah those <laughs> I, thought that. That. <laughs> I thought that, but I was like, also, like, I have contact lenses that make my eyes blue now. Like, what? Just what? Yeah. You could, yeah. Those are so expensive and they're not, they're really bad for your eyes. Yeah. Um, so to, to say that that's yeah, what she's can... doing, like, I felt like it was just a lie. Sure. I, I also wonder, um, what do you guys think of, I don't know if this is too obvious or if you think it's well done, but I like kind of the shift from one of them, like the kids are trapped in the house where the mom's like, you guys need to be very quiet. We're going to keep the blind shut. And then after the really odd Red Cross uh, interaction. <laughs> yeah, they just come into the house. I thought it was so weird. They're like, doors unlocked. Better check every room in the house now. It's like, yeah. what? <laughs> it, would, it makes a lot of sense if you think about it as like a small town where... The Maybe. Red Cross, the role, where where these people actually know what happened, like that the the Red Cross people know about the child's death, like that's okay. why it makes more sense with like the the guy bringing the kid back when he's like my mom's like oh it's it's an imposter like he knows what's happened he's bringing the kid back to his mom okay like here's your kid back so like I thought that was really weird too but it makes sense if you're like well they probably know about this and maybe they wanted to make sure nothing like everything was okay like the mom didn't commit suicide you know was still there okay that makes me like yeah, that right? scene better because i was just like no one does this That's yeah because so for me i was like oh, i did these, see other these friendly neighbors <laughs> yeah i did see other weird theories where it's like the priest is in on it like he's in cahoots with the mom and i was like yeah. or he's just a regular guy who found a runaway and <laughs> yeah. took him home like because yeah. that's what people do yeah. uh so i thought that was weird but i think visually the change from the mom being in the rap shutting the blinds making the kids stay inside uh, and like i mean i guess they can only play in the garden quietly mm -hmm. and then the perspective shifts when the red cross people are leaving and then the boys yeah. close the blinds and now they're wearing their masks and do you guys think that that was like well done and clever or is it like a uh, obvious like symbolism like showing the shift i thought I, it was really neat i thought it was yeah i thought that's part where i was like oh shit like that's the that was the first part where i got scared like actually scared yeah or, about the kids sure mm -hmm. because i'm like they're the ones closing things in. Yeah. That doesn't make sense. What are they going to do? Yeah. And I do think like, I mean, obviously, um, blinds are a huge symbol in, in film. Um, those, it's all about like shutting off your, your internal like family dynamic to the, the side of the world. It's something that, um, was stressed very heavily in American beauty to me mm -hmm. like when in school. Um, so the fact that it was all, I just need, you know, 
I don't need I need less sunlight and but it's really like I just have all of these things inside of me that I can't deal with uh, and now they're doing like well we actually can't have anyone see this yeah. <laughs> yeah I think it's it's interesting to see how it changed from just a symbol of like internal mind states to uh something like very physical like things are things are shit's about to go down yeah yeah and like we can't get caught for this yeah and that which why I'd have trouble with the the article or comment you read earlier where it's like oh it's so slow and like nothing's really building up but I was like I thought it like you said you've said crescendoed before but I thought it was great like I was definitely engaged and I thought it was very tense when you can see like she's like wet the bed like because she's been captured yeah. there and then yeah and then he's like you need to change the sheets like I'm not going to do it like that's you have to do it that part they, got real weird it was very uh like uh, home alone but darker where they're like <laughs> yeah. that's exactly what I thought of when they were like sharpening the little uh, taking the little suction cups off of their their bow their <laughs> bolts and he's sharpening them and then oh. having like the trip wire when the mom tries to escape i was yeah. like oh very home alone <laughs> very yeah. home alone but like it was super this is what would have actually happened like, like uh, every time i watch home alone I'm like those guys would have died like yeah. six times by now <laughs> what the heck yeah exactly it very uh we, we looked up movies that were very in the similar vein and uh bad seed was i did was see that, that? Yeah. yeah i laughed with yeah i saw that text uh it was great i was like oh okay well then i'm sure this movie will be good it's on the <laughs> same line which at the then you think about it you're like holy crap if the bad seed was like this it would be so good yeah yeah right like if the mom knew the whole time like her child was evil yeah and like getting stuck alone was this was a bad thing oh it'd be so good yeah and then like the realization she has to come to to deal with this child that is outright evil yeah. instead, of, instead of them just like slowly and dramatically being like oh what would i do what would happen if this were true it's like it is true it yeah. is true. It. it's happening <laughs> right now yeah which in this movie does not mess around i did with the slow part i did fall asleep at one part, I fell asleep for a few minutes because it was still calm and still. This movie, so, there oddly, was a moment yeah. I got tired. I was oddly reminded of like Memoria and Borgman and how calm yeah. those movies are until they start to get much more intense later on. Yeah. And I definitely got, you know, like the very modern looking building and kind of in the middle of nowhere in the woods was very Borgman to me. Mm -hmm. That's true. And yeah. like the psychological elements and the dreams in Borgman and then the dreams that take place in. Uh, uh, Good night, mommy. Were like, I mean, not similar in terms of like narrative and how they're pushing the story, but having those dream elements reminded me mm -hmm. a lot of Borgman, which is such a good movie. Yeah, yeah. and I think what's in interesting is, is yes, it's the reason that it was marketable enough to an American audience is the uh, crescendo of violence, mm -hmm. um, whereas otherwise it's it's very it teeters on being a uh, an art house film for most most of the movie. It's very quiet. There's uh, no music. Um, everything is all about the, the visual representation of everything. Mm -hmm. And it's not about exposition or dialogue. And there are, there are very few dialogue, uh, or lines of dialogue that I think like, oh, that's really necessary. Or like you could have, you could take all of the dialogue out of this movie and still probably come away. Like if you were looking for the right things, you could still come away with the same conclusion. Yeah. And I think that's when a movie is really, really good is that the fact that the, um, uh, dialogue, helps it's it's not the only thing that matters just enhances it yeah exactly yeah. yeah which is which then with the violence i wasn't just not expecting things to get so violent yeah. like this is just a normal thing and now like 
she has to rip her lips apart. And all She's the super like, glue legit is tied up. Oh my yeah. god! Yeah, <laughs> which is also the like kid do it so patiently uh, and yeah, he's very methodical. Oh man! So the reason they cast these boys, um, I was reading, I, w- I was watching an interview with the directors. Like, so we had three pairs that we really like, and so we were telling them like, um, so this this person, this mother, like dummy, like they had her tried tied up in a chair. You, she has kidnapped your real mother and you have to try and figure out like um how to uh like how to get that information out of how her. would they interrogate her yeah, yeah. so so the first two were like just like screaming at there like where is our mother and like all these other things then these boys they literally just like stabbed started stabbing the girl. <laughs> oh my God. they were like they were like oh you're perfect <laughs> we because because we like we needed them to look innocent and beautiful and like mm-hmm. that they mm-hmm. they could do no harm and then suddenly the like they were actually psychotic yeah they were doing a lot of harm yeah, so they, I thought that was such an interesting way of figuring out like how someone would handle those types of behaviors without the same exact situation. Like you're actually a villain, but you think that you're a good guy. Yeah, mm-hmm. I like yeah, to do that. They do? they put the burn mark on her from the magnifying glass, and I think it's to like parallel. She doesn't have the mole anymore, so to make her like more like their mom, mm-hmm. she gets like the little burn on her face. I thought mm-hmm. that was great. Apparently, too, they they uh, auditioned like 130 sets of twins for this. Yeah, they all, they incredible. Went, yeah, they were all like local. They like to went to the um, yeah. all the schools in Australia, which makes things doubly scary when you think about the fact going back to twins dying, and the 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 alive twin being psychiatrically crazy or disordered, is that the rate of twins is going up like super super fast. Because women are ha- women are having this was also in part of the, one of those articles. It's like women are starting to have more like different types of fertilization, and they're having kids later, which all like increases the chance that there's oh, going to be a sure. twin. Okay, because like when you're getting uh-huh. like in vitro and like all these different things, it's more likely that there's going to be <coughs> this abnormality. And like older older women do have an increased yeah. chance of twins, so it's like there's huh. going to be a lot more single twins out there in the future. I had read about that. I know I, I took a physiology class in. You know, we go over like pregnancies is one of the parts of that, and one of them, yeah, it was like the older you are, the more likely you are to have twins. And the theory is that it's like, well, you know, you're getting like closer <laughs> to menopause, so it's your body like you're pulling out all the stops. It's like you're on it. You only have you only have so long to have. Is kids. that why it is though, or is that just that's like, like the theory? Behind oh, it. it's like the the biological reason why you're more likely to have twins the older you mm. are is because your body's like, oh, get all the eggs out there. <laughs> we need to, we need to get a baby before menopause. So oh, that's, that's crazy. so interesting. I love, yeah. I love biology. It's so fascinating. Yeah, which then makes this movie like even scarier. Yeah, because <laughs> you're like, holy crap. So I want to also talk about. Uh, do you guys have theories on how Lucas died? I found a thread on Reddit discussing this movie, oh. and uh, Nick T or yeah, Nick T K H has the theory that uh, Lucas w- drowned, and that's because like the opening of the movie, um, Elias is timing him uh, mm-hmm. underwater, and then it cuts to the the title screen. And that usually that's been used in the past to sim- signify like this is a real event that happened before the main event. And so that's to kind of be the scene where he died. Mm-hmm. Uh, I also think that that is kind of cool because then you see the cat in the tank yeah. towards the end of the movie. I think that could symbolize the drowning as well. Mm-hmm. He's just floating there. Yeah, I yeah. know. I definitely think he drowned. And it's also like it really enhances the uh, the symbolism behind the mother dumping the cockroaches into the water mm-hmm. to lure him out uh, mm. from behind the hiding. Because cockroaches oh. are supposed to be something that's like festering inside of them. Like when they cut open her belly and yeah. all of the cockroaches come out, like that's something that's like it's all of our, our inner demons and our um, our unresolved conflicts. And so the fact that she's like, no, like, look, they're they're 
they're dead they're drowned like yep. that's that's that part is gone like you can either come and save them and rehabilitate them or like you just have to let them go yeah yeah which makes everything like so much more complicated because you think that well, lucas is the alive one right he's the dead one the dead one okay so you think that elias he's probably feels guilty because he couldn't get his brother he like let him drown because he mm-hmm. wasn't paying attention mm. and then to think that he would put other things in water or like let that happen and he's like scooping them up at the end yeah such a desperate attempt to try and save them he really did that's really heartbreaking when you think about it that way yeah that he couldn't save his brother i i thought of it too as like the idea that the cockroaches weren't even elias's they were lucas's and so it was important to him to save them because Mm. that like symbolizes lucas to him but i don't really know because there's all kinds of bugs like their wallpaper is ants so maybe bugs were just important to both of them i don't know yeah maybe I, well they are burning ants so maybe they didn't really like maybe, them. maybe. <laughs> <laughs> i know and the burning ants all that stuff you're like well maybe you guys were a little twisted from the beginning <laughs> like right this so, was just the the switch sure but i also thought that another cause of death could have been a car crash and that was the reason yeah. that she needed surgery i thought that for a bit too yeah yeah that yeah it feels like the whatever is the motivation for her surgery is never explicitly said mm-hmm. and so yeah i because I, I yeah i thought too like car accident that's why the dad isn't around and that killed lucas and that's why she's later on she's like it's the accident wasn't your fault oh yes like yeah, i don't know yeah I and mean, that's such a, like an american colloquialism yeah. for for car crashes sure yeah. so yeah i immediately jumped to accident must mean car accident but uh yeah. my other theory is that it's something to do with elias started a fire that killed lucas because he has the lighter hidden and even after it's taken away he lights candles later on and there's an, a lighter on his little table when he's like kind of praying that they could get yeah. their real mom back. Mm. And then they go to that farm uh, twice in the movie. And then the second scene, it's like a controlled burn going on. Mm. So my thought was like, maybe he, maybe they set a fire at this farm at one point and Lucas got caught up in it. So I'm not sure how he died. I, it's fun to theorize about though. Cause I like the drowning idea. And then I, I like kind of the idea of fire seems to be a big, obviously a big part, you know, especially yeah. how the movie ends. He's just really good at setting fires. Yeah. He obviously planned sure. a little bit, right? <laughs> yeah. Or he's just yeah. smart. He's just a smart kid. And he's like, well, I know how to do this. Mm-hmm. Trust me. I've made my mom make my bed after super gluing her mouth <laughs> shut. So, I mean, I think I could do pretty much anything I want. Right. <laughs> <laughs> like, I might want to kill my mom, but I'm not doing chores. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. So, I guess my last theory kind of... a. Uh, getting to the climax of the film where the mother's been super glued to the floor and she knows she's in like dire straits right now. She's like, I'll play along. I'll pretend Lucas is alive. Uh, and he's like, well, what would Lucas be doing right now? And he sets the curtain on fire and then the whole house goes up in a blaze and uh, you see the mother walk out, which I actually didn't catch the first time. But as the fire department shows up, she walks out of the house. Mm-hmm. So do you think that um, they all died? Because at the end, they come out of the cornfield and they're all kind of standing with each other in the most creepy smiles ever. Yeah, super creepy. Like they're posing for a family photo. And so I I found some theories online that they all died and this is them like finding each other in the afterlife. Yeah, like I, I feel like it makes sense to think they all died, but I really want Elias to still be alive. Yeah. Like be the only one alive and then you're just like, well, now he has two alternate personalities yeah. mm-hmm. that he's going around the world with and that lighting is coming from the fire and mm-hmm. not necessarily like a, a picturesque photo shoot sure yeah that would be creepy so i think it makes a lot of sense that he would have died because i don't we didn't really see him get out right and we don't really know like how i guess he could have just left yeah like, so it also makes sense that he just left 
yeah, I know. I like your idea better that yeah. he is alive. And now he, he has a picturesque idea of his real mom mm-hmm. because she's dead now in real life. And now he, he gets to be with his brother again because this new mom isn't going to tell him to ignore him. Yeah. And so he gets to have his brother back. And so this is all just him projecting that this happy family he has now <sighs> at the end. Even about, though they're both dead. <laughs> think about his dating life in the future. <laughs> like, just... Because that's the scariest thing, to be like, oh, this this kid's going to grow up. Right. Mm-hmm. And he's going to be able to buy any super glue that he wants. As much <laughs> as he wants. Yeah. Like, also think about that. Like, is, is it just, like, a common thing to have that much glue around? Because, like, I remember having one tiny thing of super glue in the house pretty much all the time. But it was one tiny thing of super glue. Right? And that was it. It was never like multiple things of super glue. I mean, super glue around. is also flammable. It's true. Maybe so she's for, covered everything in glue. For a pyromaniac, that's the that's the that's the ch- glue of choice. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> they should have had like a bunch of model cars or uh, something in the background, like he puts together, and that's why he would have so much super glue. Yeah, exactly. Or like, yeah. oh, I mean, I didn't really sense. think about. It. I make a lot of super glue. Yeah. Yeah. I make a lot of models, so I have uh, super glue, and it lasts a while. Like I've I've had super glue for years now, so mm-hmm. I think. You yeah. could have, you could have sufficiently glued someone's face and eyes shut uh, with the amount he had. I think. I just yeah. think about and like then pulling her my entire body. And then her, to like, her so body. Too. Then think about like yeah, at the end when like all of her hair feels seems to be, to be down there. That part was probably the cringiest to me. Whereas like I could oh. see her hair was glued down. I was like, oh no. <laughs> I was like, I was yeah. just imagining because I get it on my fingers sometimes. I'm like oh, what a nightmare to That's pick exactly all this what out. I was thinking. Like when I thought that when she ripped her lips apart, yeah. I'm like, I couldn't even get my fingers apart. Yeah. Like, how are you ripping her lips I was like, apart? Oh, she's gonna have to oh. cut all her hair off. It's all, it's all tr- trash now. I just felt bad how glued she was because even when I get some on my hands, I'm like picking at it for like days after. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, if you don't have acetone, oh. it's just like, it's a, it's a health hazard otherwise. Yeah. All right, so I guess we can just get into our final thoughts on this. Uh, like, what kind of movie were you expecting, and what did you get out of this? Like, did you watch the same movie as some of these other articles and comments we read? Like you want to go first? Either one. <laughs> he, he was he was looking at you, so that's why oh, I thought. Oh, I like, wasn't looking at anybody. I was just I just looked over. That's just from my eyes. Um, I would say that the, it was more or less what I was expecting. I was not. I was. I think I'm so used to movies being from one main perspective, unless they're they're really good or it's or the fact that it's like in bits you know like oh this this scene was from this perspective of this person and that's why it it functions the way it does i feel like this is a movie that's constantly shifting perspectives um within scenes that is i think that's hard to pick up on uh a first time through um i certainly didn't really get it like that It, it feels like very much like there's a flip and now it's someone else's movie um but ultimately, yeah, what I saw was I, my, my opinion has changed now because you, you pointing out the fact that she probably was a twin and she is so far she has not resolved any of the conflict from her twin's death that now with her own son's death, she has no way of processing this and no way of like a- explaining that to uh, Elias. And I think that's it's so heartbreaking that it turns into this um, nightmarish uh, death fest um, at the end. I think that it's it's much... I thought it was a smart movie. I think it's much more intelligent than I even thought. I think it's one of those movies that needs at least three 
three times uh, viewing. I think one, well, I think one more would really be extremely helpful for me, but I think there's even more buried, even more than like sometimes I think hereditary. Sure. Uh-huh. It was definitely one where I was like, man, okay, when I watch this again, I'll really pick up on all the times where it's very clear that Lucas isn't there. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. And it's, it's just Elias interacting with the world. I did find an article from... Uh, Damon Fudge of KCCI Channel 8, Des Moines, Iowa. <laughs> and he talked about this This movie doesn't really deserve the accolades it was getting or the praise because the twist was so obvious. And again, I, I can feel bad that I didn't get the twist right away. But does that like, did, did that take anything away from you knowing that early on that uh, that Lucas was dead? I, I don't know. I, I didn't think the twist being obvious or anything would make me not enjoy this movie more. It, yeah. it, I would be rewarded on rewatches knowing that the twist exists and trying to pick out those things. Mm-hmm. It's also not the the central main of it being uns- the, the central uh, main point of it being unsettling or scary. It's a coping mechanism that is creepy and adds to a rewatch's creepiness of Elias. It is not why the movie is scary. Um, so to say that the, that the twist is, um, I like, I kind of agree. I think it, the, the twist is kind of takes away from what I thought was social commentary at first, but when you put it in the context of um, the mother also going through the same thing, really, then it's it's incredibly necessary. Um, yeah. And for me, it set up like I from the trailer where we saw the mom eat a cockroach, which didn't actually happen in the movie. I thought the mom was just evil. So the fact that we I knew the other twin was dead, like dead or alive, I was like, well, she's got to be an evil doppelganger because there's mm. no way you could do that to your kid. And if, if his twin died double Norway, you should treat him that way. Sure. So like at the beginning, like even knowing the twist, I, I thought it was more, I feel like that set me up to more think that the mom was a bad person. Yeah. No. And, and then, yeah, yeah. When the perspective changes and she's being glued to the, to the floor. Then you're yeah. like, Oh my God, Elias is terrible. <laughs> yeah. So. No, I, I loved the twist and it, it doesn't take anything away. I think it, it, cause I, I really agree with what you said, Calvin, where it's not really the point of the movie. If, if the whole movie hinged on that happening, then sure, you could could knock it down a few pegs because it, it was, was obvious. Yeah. But I don't think it's really about that. It's it's like kind of the psychological uh, context between the two of them and them not understanding each other. That makes it so frightening. But uh, on a tale of uh, scale of one to ten uh, hissing cockroaches, uh, what do you guys <laughs> give this one? I feel like I won't give it a proper score because I only watched it once and skimmed a few scenes. Um for me, it's at least it's up there with Enemy. I love, yeah, I love Enemy. It's um, there are some form, um, so there's some formalism that I love in uh, Hereditary, just in general with the, the the shot selection and the cameras. That I I love that a lot more than this. But I'll give this an eight point nine. I think it's incredibly good and deserving of rewatches, which sure. is always I think a hallmark of a good movie. Yeah, yeah, I definitely give it. A nine, nine cockroaches, but a mama cockroach with two little baby cockroaches. Oh, okay. How, how does that convert? <laughs> how many? The, yeah, in the decimal place, how many is it? 9.15, <laughs> depending on <laughs> whether they're both alive or not. Uh, you can say 9.1. I like it. I would put this at an eight. I thought it was great. Uh, it's definitely uh, one to rewatch, so I would absolutely recommend it. And it, it actually kind of makes me excited to go watch the 2022 version to see does it what are the shortcomings in that one <laughs> and w- 
and why are we why do we remake movies where it feels like there's already a good one out yeah but and uh, then completely miss why the original was good mm -hmm. so i i liked all the psychological elements to this i liked the twist in it uh and and i loved the perspective change of like who's trapped in whose horror story now i thought it was a really really good film uh and it was all the um all the exposition and all the explanations were done in a really clever way where it didn't feel like it was just being dumped on me and now I need to move on with the story. So I loved it for that reason. I thought it was really well done. Uh, yeah, so uh, eight, eight for me, and then Calvin gave it over an eight, and then you had a nine. This is a great, great movie. I was glad, <laughs> I was glad to pick it. After, after watching The Descent and how miserable <laughs> that was, I was totally engaged in this film. I thought it was awesome. So we watched Goodnight Mommy first and then The Descent. I'm like, wow. Yeah, this was, this was bad. Okay, yeah. yeah, I did it reverse order, so I was I was really happy after having just such a tough time watching The Descent. <laughs> I didn't have a tough time because we were just talking the whole time and making <laughs> jokes. It's just really fun. I think that's I think that's sometimes gets lost in what makes a horror movie fun and good mm -hmm. uh, is the fact that you can just sit there and, and bullshit through it. Like yeah. I think like, like e those kinds of horror yeah, movies, yeah. like Evil Dead Two. I think it's just so much fun. It's awful. Yeah, it's even it's I don't know if it's it's not necessarily worse than the first because the first had so many has so many actual problems with filmmaking. Oh, yeah. um, but I think it's so much more cheesy and I and I think it's fun to just sit there and talk through a movie like that. I almost forgot that we had reviewed that one. <laughs> I know. That movie I, was such a mess, but it was a lot of fun to watch. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's it. Yeah, with who you watch it with, when you watch it. But mm -hmm. and that's why too when you watch a movie like Goodnight Mommy and you you don't want to say really anything. Like that says something too, and you're just yeah. like, I'm just watching this. I yeah, do, I this do appreciate a... when we're watching movies, Katya, and you ask me like, or should I stop talking? Like, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, this is one of those. <laughs> a good way to rate a movie is like, do I need to have my phone out for this? Like, can I scroll through something while this is on? I, my phone was down for this uh, for Goodnight Mommy. I thought it was great, but yeah. it was I was checking stuff uh, on Reddit <laughs> when I was watching The Descent. <laughs> well, yeah, like I bet like all of you are like, is The Descent good? <laughs> <laughs> Am I am I experiencing what I'm supposed to be experiencing yeah. right now? Do I have the right version? Yeah, oh, yeah. This is why we need, probably need to get uh, Caroline on Calvin. Oh yeah, because she's the most scared person in the world. Uh, we've been trying to get um, Caroline to watch uh, Hereditary with uh, me and her boyfriend, and be like, "Yeah, let's watch Hereditary," because he's like all for it, and she's just like, "Well." If you want to still be together, man, <laughs> you won't ever make me watch that. I, I was talking to Hannah because when we watched the um, the Bad Seed together, mm -hmm. one of her friends was going to come over that day and she ended up going over to her friend's house because we were going to watch the movie. I was like, well, just join us and watch the movie. And she's like, no, she's too scared. She hates horror movies. So I was like, this is not a horror movie. This is hardly <laughs> yeah. a horror movie. Like, you can watch the Bad Seed, I promise. Yeah, no, it'd be funny to have someone who is scared of movies on because I feel like I just don't really... Unless it's like the psychological slow build horror where it's like a it's horror because of the frame of mind it puts you in. Mm -hmm. But people who get scared of jump scare movies, I'm like, you're just scared of being frightened. You're not scared of what's actually happening. Yeah. And she is. We went to a haunted house last night and I wanted to be at the back so I could watch it all. <laughs> it was great. amazing. She was like glued to her friend's back and she was like basically getting a piggyback ride through the whole thing. It's great. All right, well, have Caroline on, talk about more scary movies. That's what I got out of it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right, and with that, we're going to wrap this one up. Uh, thanks for being on, Calvin. And uh, as always, Katya, thank you for being here. And you can find our podcast on any platform like Apple Music and Spotify. We also upload all these to YouTube. So go ahead and leave a comment. Tell us what we're doing well. Tell us what we're doing wrong. And uh, leave suggestions for movies we can talk about in the future. And with that, thank you for listening to you. Now this is podcasting.